It's Tuesday, April the 28th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, vaccinations delayed for millions and Japan expands stimulus. First, the world in brief. The World Health Organization's Director General said he was concerned about how the COVID-19 pandemic was disrupting normal health services, especially vaccination programs in poor countries. Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus said children were at low risk from the coronavirus but at heightened risk from preventable diseases. He said immunizations against polio, measles, cholera, meningitis and others had been delayed for 13 million people. The Bank of Japan pledged to buy as many bonds as it needs to support the government's increased borrowing during the pandemic. The bank also said it would keep interest rates low to help the country's ailing economy. Last week, the government increased its spending commitments by 8.9 trillion yen, $83 billion, with a plan to give every citizen 100,000 yen. With new COVID-19 cases in single digits, New Zealand is easing its strict lockdown. Jacinda Ardern, the Prime Minister, declared yesterday that her country had won the battle against community transmission. Some businesses reopened today. Schools will welcome some children beginning tomorrow. Nonetheless, the government plans to maintain social distancing measures to prevent a resurgence of the virus. More than 2 million Australians, around 8% of the population, downloaded a contact tracing app intended to slow the spread of COVID-19. The government made widespread adoption of the app a condition for easing the country's lockdown. Germany, meanwhile, said its version of such an app is weeks away from being ready. Worries about privacy forced it to abandon an earlier effort. Oil prices plummeted again, with America's benchmark, West Texas International, falling by 28%. The drop was triggered by the United States Oil Fund, the world's biggest oil-backed exchange-traded fund, announcing that it would sell its short-term contracts. A week ago, American oil prices entered negative territory for the first time before rebounding slightly. Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of America's House of Representatives, endorsed Joe Biden as her party's nominee for president. She joins a long list of leading Democrats who have declared their support for the former vice president. Her endorsement gives Mr Biden a boost at a time when he has struggled for national attention during the coronavirus crisis. And the president of El Salvador ordered the army and police to use lethal force to stop escalating gang violence. Naib Bukele also ordered that all imprisoned members of the country's notorious gangs should be confined to their cells 24 hours a day. The crackdown came after one of the most murderous weekends in the small Central American country's recent history, which left more than 50 people dead. And now, here's today's agenda. Vers une sortie, France plans to leave lockdown. France, in its seventh week of lockdown, will today get an exit plan. In a speech to Parliament, Edouard Philippe, the Prime Minister, will outline rules for déconfinement to begin on May 11th. This is expected to include a gradual reopening of schools, starting with primary classes based on voluntary attendance and with reduced class sizes. The government is also expected to allow shops to reopen, encourage businesses to get back to work and lift restrictions on movement within the country. 
Restaurants, bars, hotels and sports centres, however, will stay shut for the time being. It is hoped that mask wearing in public, increased testing and a contact tracing app will help to contain the spread of COVID-19. France's death toll from the disease exceeds 23,000, but the number in intensive care has been dropping for nearly three weeks, tipping the argument in favour of an end to rigorous confinement, albeit provisional and phased. Worse is yet to come, tech in times of the coronavirus. Alphabet announces its quarterly results today. Google's parent company is the first of the American tech titans to release earnings this week in the first round of results since the coronavirus struck. Facebook and Microsoft follow tomorrow and Apple on Thursday. Despite the severity of the crisis, the numbers will not be bad. Analysts expect revenues to climb by nearly 13% to more than $40 billion compared to the same period last year. But because COVID-19 only really made itself felt in March, its true economic impact will show up only in the results for the current quarter, which will be released in July. Prices for online advertisements, which bring in more than 80% of Alphabet's revenues, for instance, have fallen by between 20% and 30%. Google has already declared a partial hiring freeze, reduced investments and cut marketing budgets by as much as half. The belt tightening is unlikely to end soon. Primary School, Ohio Votes With Joe Biden the only candidate left standing, the result of Ohio's Democratic primary today is not in doubt. But the contest still offers lessons in how to conduct elections during a pandemic. Mike DeWine, the state's Republican governor, postponed this one just hours before polls were set to open on March 17th due to the risk of contagion. Yesterday, New York State threw its hands up, cancelling outright the primary it had scheduled for June. Most of Ohio's voters will cast ballots by mail, though slow postal delivery may drive some to the only polling booths left, each county's Board of Elections building, where, ironically, they may have to brave queues. By April 24th, Ohioans had requested 1.7 million absentee ballots, with just 1 million returned. Ohio's election will also test voters' patience, with counties required to accept all ballots postmarked by yesterday until 10 days after the election. Results cannot be announced until May 8th. On life support, Japan's economy. The Japanese economy was already sluggish and the coronavirus is dragging it down further. The Bank of Japan is shifting focus from its long reflation effort towards preventing a wave of bankruptcies and keeping the economy afloat. The central bank announced yesterday that it would nearly triple its holdings of corporate debt, make it easier for commercial banks to borrow, and offer new incentives for those banks to lend to small businesses. The BOJ also ditched its 80 trillion yen, $746 billion per year cap on government bond purchases. Though largely symbolic, the bank was nowhere near its limit, this signals a willingness to support the government's borrowing to finance a $1 trillion stimulus package. Despite these efforts, the downturn will be steep. The unemployment rate hit its highest levels in a year in March, albeit an enviable 2.5%. The bank predicts a 3-5% contraction in GDP this fiscal year. Private analysts tend to be even more bearish. Caught in the camps, Bangladesh's Rohingya refugees. 
Camps in Cox's Bazar that provide rudimentary shelter to more than one million Rohingya refugees from Myanmar have been under complete lockdown since April 9th. With water scarce and physical distancing impossible, 40,000 people are crammed into a square kilometre, they remain extremely vulnerable to the rapid spread of COVID-19. More than 2,000 could die in an outbreak according to an epidemiological model used by the United Nations Refugee Agency. The government's decision to cut off mobile phone coverage in the camps and to encircle them with barbed wire has stoked rumours about the spread of the virus, but so far only one case has been reported in Cox's Bazaar, and that is outside the camps. Nonetheless, many Rohingya are desperate to escape. Meanwhile, Bangladeshi authorities have been urged to open their ports to another 500 Rohingya, drifting perilously and perhaps starving in two boats on the Bay of Bengal. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Terry Pratchett, who was born on this day in 1948. The trouble with having an open mind, of course, is that people will insist on coming along and trying to put things in it. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.